What up, guys? It's your boy. It's the host with the most. Don't mean to brag. Don't mean to boast. It's your boy. Johnny B looking fine. Yeah, Johnny B looking fine. What up? What is up, guys? Welcome to another session of Media Speakeasy. Um, and today, as usual, we have Sir Roque and Sir Gus the intern. Gus, why, why are you so down, man? I'm um, c- uh, coming off of a huge hangover because you know what they say, work hard, party harder. And by that, I only party harder. I don't really work hard. Yeah, yeah no, we, we know. <laughs> we know you're never ready. Oh, but anyways, today's topic of discussion is uh, our favorite short horror films. So this is our uh, first venture into... Uh, horror territory and um this is basically our first um media speakeasy uh after hours so this is the stuff we would love for you guys to watch after hours late at night because again if you are watching you know we have the videos that pop up once in a while this those are are some of the best parts but um yeah this these are this is our after hour segments uh, for nighttime. So Johnny, why don't you describe to the audience what we have done to prepare for this? So we just went back and we uh, we pretty much refreshed ourselves. We watched a couple horror movies, to, uh, short horror f- films together, and made our decisions based on um, you know our preferences. What we watched. Yeah. Um, so without further ado, as usual, take it away, Gus, the intern. Uh, oh shit. Um. Uh. Uh. Bedfellows. Bedfellows. That was the one. Okay. So, as I was searching through, I found one. Pretty simple, to the point, but scary as all hell. Very short, but it gets the point across. So, uh, what was it about? It was uh, basically this woman who was in a bed, and she got a phone call. And uh, she was trying to tell her husband, which supposedly was right next to her, to go get it. He wouldn't answer. He would just, like, kind of move around a bit. So, she answers it. It turns out, uh, on that phone... Uh, the husband was the one calling her, cause saying that he couldn't sleep, so he went out for a walk. And he locked and, himself out. And he locked himself out and asked her to like open the door. And the whole time she doesn't even she's like in so much shock because she's like, holy shit. Yeah. So- if he's calling me, then who the hell is that next to me? The whole time you just see this like creepy ass looking demon just staring off, all <laughs> smiling like, <laughs> like oh goody 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 please. Yeah, no, I, it's like I said when we were watching it. Honestly, that that thing reminds me of the Babadook now. Like it just, I can't help it. Yeah, I was just, I was just, yeah, I was expecting to go Babadook. Yeah, like I was like, what the? I was like, what the hell? I mean, but like I remember when I first initially watched that one, it actually scared the fuck out of me only because I was in bed when I watched it. It was like two in the morning I was laying down in bed and I was just I, I don't know my brain was just like hey you know what would be a really good idea let's watch a bunch of like uh, short horror films and I was like okay cool which is the best thing to do late at night at- when you're in your bed <laughs> which is what I do all the time at three in the morning at two three in the morning, morning. witching believe hour me, son believe me if you ever feel alone just watch a horror movie in the middle of the night you won't be feeling <laughs> so lonely anymore you'll get all the company you need oh yeah definitely but yeah, I remember when I first watched it. Uh, yeah, I was in bed. It was like two in the morning. I was like, uh, nope, 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 nope. I sat back up. I was like, hey, look, there's my Xbox, and I turned it right <laughs> the fuck on. Yeah, I've always been a big, big um, fan of short films, horror films especially. But yeah, but short films in general. And I, I got on one of my kicks where I, 
I gotta look up the creepy stuff. I gotta look up short horror films. I gotta yeah, look yeah. up haunted areas. And I saw this Ooh. one when it first came out, and I was watching it in bed alone. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it popped up, and I was like, hmm. All right, it's two, what, two and a half minutes? Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's gonna be one of those stupid ones. And then it got to the point where it shows that face, and I literally jumped out of bed and ran into the living room <laughs> and go, hey guys, how are you doing? Yeah, no, I... I think it's just one of those things where, like, that's, like, really perfect buildup, you know? I mean, it's kind of is a little stereotypical, you know? Like, it's a, it's a cliche, you know, where the monster jumps out at you, you know? But it did the setup, and then, boom, punchline. You know, it just it delivered, you know? And it, it, it didn't, you know, carry on too much. Yeah, like you said, it was, like, it's, like, two minutes, you know? It's not it's not that long. But, yeah, no, it was, it was a good little uh, short film. Uh, I'm doing I'm looking up the background on the guy who actually made this film really funny I just wanted to throw this out because not only is he known for his horror films but he also wrote a children's book oh wow really yeah Uh, (laughs) he wrote the children's book the day the crayons quit which I've never heard of it myself but apparently it's been done it's done pretty well because it's sold over one and a half million copies worldwide wow. whoa I'm pretty certain if you know how to entertain children you definitely know how to scare the hell out of them <laughs> <laughs> so they're kind of two in the same nightmares yeah. so sorry that was really funny I just had to put that in there I guess what's your what's your well, second well, okay, so what's your second one well I mean my second one I wanted to choose you guys may think otherwise but they personally creeped the hell out of me anything basically sound figures that shit is creepy as all hell it just makes me uncomfortable and unsettled every time I'm watching it. It's just, ugh, it's it's just the randomness and the the creep factor come, that comes with it that just here, here's here's, here's unsettling to me. Now, for those unfamiliar with what Salad Fingers is, uh, why don't you explain to the audience just what it is? It's um, it's a story. It's just been a while. Um, it, it's pretty much like it, it was um. A short series that was uh, put on, um, it was on just YouTube. Man, right? So yeah. it, w- British, it wasn't just um, one videos. video then? Oh no, yeah, it was a combination of a bunch of videos. I think it took a while. It was like, there was a couple of months span between each episode, right? Yeah, yeah, no, there was, yeah. And um, yeah, it was essentially, it was nonsensical. It didn't really have a full-on plot. It was just the, the adventures of this this creepy creature named Salad Fingers. I don't even know if it was a man. They had a very unsettling voice. It was kind of like um, Courage the Cowardly Dog, but if it made less sense. So a very... Basically random, creepy stuff that would happen um, alongside... A very desolate world where just random... In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and this should happen. And, and then on top... Or galore. <laughs> and then on top of that, uh, a lot of what was going on uh, with the character was... Um, the character was again he was in a desolate kind of like it looked kind of like a wasteland you know it was kind of empty it was barren and um what it was is there was this guy named salad fingers who was uh he was going on his day-to-day like going through like day-to-day things you know like celebrating birthdays you know and like and like but like most of it he was all doing by himself because he there was nobody else around you know that was around in the area you know, and, th- and th- these are the first few ones, and then eventually you get start. We start getting introduced to separate characters, and some of the characters that are introduced are actually um, his fingers. Like he he starts talking to his fingers, and his fingers start. Uh, they have like clothes on them. You know, like they, he starts to like. It looks like he's hallucinating. Like this guy looks absolutely yeah, he's, nuts. He's, he's he's going insane. He's isolated. 
He's making friends out of random objects. I'm pretty certain the things that he sees, or the people, I guess, if you can call them, are just, like, the result of his hallucinations. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would not be surprised. And the way he talked was creepy, too. He was like, oh, I'm savage finger. And then, and and here's here's the thing that you should know about this thing, uh, this show, um, this little series, if you want to call it. Um, it, it progressively got incredibly morbid as it went on. What do you mean by morbid? I remember there was an episode in particular. I don't remember which one it was, but there's a particular episode where um, characters. Uh, it was Salad Fingers. He goes into the forest and they find a horse and they start tearing the horse open. Ugh. They like completely just start to like rip into what's like in, its insides. It's crazy as hell. It's really morbid. <laughs> and then there's like stories. I, I think there's a story about um about having an, an uh, a brother that died. You know, right, in the war or something. Yeah, that died in the war that he talks about a lot. I haven't seen you since the war. And then he <laughs> and then he goes over and he 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 digs him up. The oh, dead it's brother. A dead corpse. Yeah, he digs the up the corpse. corpse. Yeah. And then, um, it's yeah, pretty crazy the idea that he actually had a a past, like to some extent. Like, yeah, he was an actual human it, being. It begins to, you know, make you think what really happened, you know, to this guy. Like, where is he? What's going on? How does it get into the state of we, mind? We never fully, you know, grasp what's really going on in the world of, of Salad Fingers because, again, it's very, very obscure. It's very, very. You know, obscure in its delivery and what it's talking. It, it's it seems it's like very they're just vague too. It's, it's it's a bunch of rambling, you know, like that. That it, yeah, I, I remember I watched. I I honestly I ran through a good portion of them. I never finished it because I, I mean this is just it, it, it feels like a, the ramblings of a madman essentially. Yeah, going, pretty much. Slowly <laughs> going more and more insane, and like I think he starts gutting himself at some point. Um, I, um, I I. Don't right. remember. I don't remember if that's true. Well, either cutting himself or just opening himself up. So oh, just with his so just very wild, very just random shit that he would do to himself. Very all over the place. Very morbid. Very um, grotesque at times. Yeah, and then there. I remember there was an episode um, called uh, "Birthday." It is the fucking worst one. As far as being morbid goes, and it, it, in its content, it's because there's a lot of moments where, like, what he's saying is morbid, but there's not a lot of showing. And then there's moments in the show where it's it, it's just straight out morbid. Like I said, the the, the horse scene, you, you know, it just shows you everything. But then there's moments like birthday where, like, it not only shows you its content is morbid, everything about it is morbid. So so with writing like this, would you consider that? Um, straight up horror, or would you consider it horror? Comma. Um, I mean, you can call you can call it horror. I can definitely call it horror if you stick around and watch the episodes long enough, especially if it's late at night and you got nobody with you. It can get very unsettling, if not scary, very uncomfortable to watch and disturbing. Oh yeah, very yeah. I, I yeah, it's very very very. It puts disturbing. you in a place of like, especially if you keep watching up more and more episodes, it just puts you in that place of like, holy crap. Because if you stay in like something, if you continue watching something like that in that kind of a setting, it kind of puts you in a place of like, you almost feel like you're, you're in that... In that little world. In yeah. that little world. It you stay, you. It, it submerges you. It's so, there's something awe-inspiring about it, it, everything from the music to the animation 
to in how he speaks, him being the only voice you ever hear. Yeah, exactly. With one exception, of course. Because yeah, it's again, it's so barren and it's so silent. And he, his, his ramblings and what he's saying and what he's doing is the only thing that you're getting. You know, and like so creepy. There is no other. There's no one else. There's no other people around besides his voice and his voices that he makes for his fingers when they uh, become and finger the puppets. Occasional, I think the tree that uh, had a child's voice. Oh saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it hurts, Daddy. It hurts, or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it, yeah. So this is yeah, this is definitely horror. It's up there. It's it's very up there. It's incredibly disturbing, and yeah, I can see where that could you know like really really conjure up some like bad dreams nightmare because I mean honestly like that that looks like it came out of someone's fucking nightmare a complete and total honesty after eating a little too much junk food before you go to sleep yeah that's it, the kind of stuff that you yeah see. honestly <laughs> that's kind of it, it, it either feels like you ate too it, it's that like you know night after uh, Halloween you know you ate too much candy oh. and you went to bed <laughs> and you fucked yourself over yeah that's kind of what it feels like you know, or Maybe that's why they serve candy, so you can have nightmares after or, after Halloween. Or it's a really, it's just a really bad acid trip. It's 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 not fun, you know. But like, yeah, no, it, it, it's very interesting though because even with its morbid reality and its morbid topics, there's still a whole overlaying message to every single. Uh, episode of the, of the series like it it's intending to tell you something every single time really so it's not just a jumbled mess it actually oh, no. has a, a I mean, path it, 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 it has to some extent it's just very vague and uh, it kind of leaves you to try to figure it out figure out what's yeah. going on it doesn't tell you flat out what is that's, that's what, the mystery that's the appeal that goes into the show is that I feel like the show is trying to tell me something even though it isn't directly telling me anything but like there is something behind all of this madness. Yeah, th- that's why there's a lot of uh, people in the community. Like if you look up Salad Fingers uh, in the like uh, in a bunch of communities, like like people YouTube communities, know what you're talking about. Yeah, people, you you will find it. You'll find people talking about this shit because it's all over the place. You know, it's I think it's, it's movie crazy. Theory. The guy who does game theory. Oh yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Episode on that. Yeah, he yeah. Um, on a Matt, lot of things. Matt Pat, yeah, Matt Pat, yeah. Matt Pat broke it down into two completely different episodes. It was, it, was, neat. it was. I like it was. It was. Answered a few questions. Yeah, it was nuts. You know, like yeah, it, it it leaves you to theorize. There's still an, a whole overlaying message, especially on, especially that last episode. Birthday has so much going for it, and it's like, it's like it's, I like the idea that all this madness was culminated from the events of what, like the fact that there was actually events that played out. To lead up to prior the to that, yeah, yeah, prior to that, to lead up to the man's incredible madness that he's engulfed himself in, yeah, and it, the yeah. fact that there he was somebody at some point is pretty cool and interesting, yeah, and like we get to see bits and pieces of his past based off of what he's saying and the ramblings of 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 what he's saying because he's not just he's not just like some rambling madman, you know, like there's there's again, something there's to context him. to his story, there's a bunch of context to his story. That's yeah. really interesting. I, 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 I didn't know a lot. I didn't know too much about Salad Fingers. I watched it long, long ago and don't remember anything about it. It just never stuck with me. So hearing you guys go through it and explain it is really actually quite interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. There's a lot going on in that series, and it's it's it, it's just very morbid in in the way that it chooses to deliver its message. You know, it's it's really really fucking it's something else. 
So it, it it has not only a lot of mind fuckery, but a lot of uh, body horror too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely, definitely a, a bunch of that too. So if you ever decide to look this up, you know, be warned. You know, it's very there's a lot of graphic content. There's a lot of very like morbid uh, very stuff going unsettling. on. Very, very unsettling in its tone too. Like its delivery is just fantastic as far as like. Because again, it's so barren. It's so quiet. You if know? you see, if you see the guy, if, I forget what his name is, but if you've seen the guy's other works, have you seen the guy's mm-hmm. other? Actually, stuff? no, I haven't. It's very similar to what Salafir does. Like they're different, but they're very similar. Like you can, you can definitely tell it came from the from the creator of Salafir. Yeah. I highly recommend you watch his other stuff too. It's very entertaining. So, David, what you got for us today? Okay, so I'm going to start off with one that I saw years and years ago. I I um, fell in love with it quite easily. It's kind of hard not to. This is, I came out in 2009. It was made in Spain, and it was first premiered at the uh, 2009 Palm Springs Short Fest. Very small. It only runs about 5 minutes, 30 seconds. Um, but I know a lot of people have actually seen this. But again, it's one of my personal favorites. It's Alma. And if you guys don't know what that is, it's this short film about this little girl who's walking down the street, and she sees a uh, a wall with a bunch of different names on it. So she goes up and writes her name, and as she's doing that, there's this storefront that's right behind her. And ever so slowly, a doll rises on a pedestal, and it looks and is dressed just like her. And so, she, of course, she's attracted to this doll, and she tries to get in the store, and eventually, spoiler alert... When she finally gets in, like, one of the dolls tries to escape, and then she eventually ends up touching her doll and is sucked into the doll. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I, I remember, um, this one was, I see, like, it's crazy, because it came out so long ago, but it's something that I literally just picked up recently, because my girlfriend, uh, she, we were, we were in, um, we were in in our room at the time, you know, and she, she just randomly goes through Facebook, and sometimes she'll find these posts, and she found the post for this for this short film, and I was like, uh, she she was watching, it and I was like, "What the hell are you watching, dude?" So I watched it with her, and I was like, <laughs> "What the hell just happened?" You know. So I and, and this is something that like you have to go you you can't just sit through it one time. You have to rewatch it because there's so much there's so much going on. Yep. You know, like you there's so many little intricacies and details in the, in what's going on. And here's the, here's the thing that that you didn't mention that like I think is really important about the film. There is no words. There's no talking. That, that's right. There's not one spoken not word. one bit of dialogue. Yeah, there's no dialogue besides the sound effects of the girl, you know, trying to reach out and trying to grab the doll. It's almost you like know? a silent film of sorts. And, uh, yeah. I think the best sound effect in the whole thing is the little girl's breathing. Yeah, the the, the little girl's breathing plays such a strong uh, piece of, of the ambiance, you know, because you're 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 seeing her you know and like every single time you know she's doing she's in the doll yeah you can tell you can tell um slowly but surely how like how she's feeling based on how she's breathing you know so like when you start hearing her panic and you start to hear her breathing accelerate you start to start you start to do the same thing well even before that when she's still outside you can she doesn't speak a word like we said it's just her being a kid and her breathing goes along with that and as the film progresses she it's very um kid like very happy then she gets in the store and it's very it, it slows down she's looking around the store looking at all these different dolls 
And then when she starts to get closer to the to her doll, it slows even more. She's curious. You can hear it all in her breathing. Mm-hmm. And when she's finally sucked in, it's pure panic. I love it. Yeah. I love sound in films. It, it's yeah. It's it's sound. It's so it's so important. And so is the um. So is the atmosphere. Like you said. Yeah. No. I it, as soon as she gets into that store. It's like time begins to slow down and she completely leaves the world she was in. She's in a completely different world. And it's it, it's delivery so well because it's outside, it's so vibrant, it's so colorful, especially her, you know, because she's wearing these like nice pink co- uh, kind of colors on her, mm-hmm. you know, and this nice little baby blue color. So when she steps in, those colors look a little bit more washed out, a little bit more faded, you know. It becomes, you know, like it, it, it turns a completely like... 180 and goes the opposite direction. What I thought was funny is that the um, seeing the doll constantly disappear on her should have been a red flag right then and there. Yeah. The oh, fact yeah. that it's some she completely looked over the fact that this doll somehow magically keeps disappearing to different locations. Yeah, definitely. I don't see how like <laughs> it's like I would have been like creeped out then and there and just yeah. like get, got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, sorry, I did forget to mention that um, when she actually gets inside the store, the doll kind of keeps teleporting keeps moving around the room to lead her to a very specific spot I did not mention that yeah, yeah it's a, it should have and, and seen something paranormal about that and and the the thing that I really really like because um you have to take into account everything that's going on you know this little girl is just going about her day enjoying her life you know she's a kid you know and she's she's on about enjoying her life you know, only for her life to be completely taken out and placed elsewhere. Well, you know, the worst part is that she was she's alive through the whole thing, and so are all the other kids who it, become dolls. Yeah, because there's a bunch of it, it, the 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 whole store is full of dolls. You know, and like I said before, you know, you're it's it's a change in life. You know, again, she's leaving one world and going to another, and th- that significance of the only word to describe that. Um, that uh, that whole short is really important. If nobody knows what the word alma means, alma means life. Oh, so shit. this is a this is a very very like strong like transitional piece. You know, it shows somebody going from you know one perspective in one life, you know, to another in a completely darker environment. You know, it's it's a, it's a very scary thing to think about. You know, and. Uh, when you when you're faced with moments of fear, you know you become that like, you know, very very still life. You know you don't know what to do. It's those moments of panic. You know it's it's you're you you're isolated. You're, you're isolated. You're scared. You're you're stiff. You don't know what to do. You know your uh, fight or flight instincts kick in. Exactly. You know, and it, it's it's a very very it's a really really good good short film. I I really recommend that one. Now, if you guys didn't notice, um, going sorry I. This was stuck in my head the entire time, but playing off of the ambiance uh, yeah. of the entire thing. Another thing that gets me, that, that drew me to this, was that there is an intelligence behind the thing that is trying to get her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's collecting it these... Intentions. It has very specific intentions, and it's attracting all these children to it for a very specific intention that we're never led on mm-hmm. to why. Maybe it's... F- Eating off of them, maybe it's living off of them. We don't know. And, and, and here's and here's something that like I, I'm gonna point this out so it doesn't go unnoticed. You know, if you guys go and decide to watch it, um, but no, d- just watch, pay attention to everything. 
you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm very, very much so visual. So like everything that I see, I take in every single little detail, every single little color, every shade. Everything is like absolutely important to me when I watch a film. So and every shape too. The front, the storefront. I was just like about to mention that. It looks like a face and it looks like an open mouth. An open mouth with specifically teeth along the top. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's, it's, it, yeah, that was, I was like, wow, dude. It, it, it that whoever made the film obviously paid attention what, to every little detail. What it kind of reminds me of is a uh, Phoenix flytrap. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very much. Definitely, so. yeah. That like that's... the fly, fly gets attracted to the leaf and then it swallows it. Yeah, that's that, it that, up. that's that's, a, then, that's a very good analogy. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the doll, another doll of another girl who's going to come in and see herself in that pops right back up after she swallows up after the house swallows up uh, the first or uh, Alma. Yeah, yeah. Another one pops up to and, catch and, her next. And, and then that's what I find interesting too is that like. It only pulls up another doll after, when, it, takes after it takes somebody else. So it, what it does at the end is it, it randomly just puts up another doll. You know, like, does this thing know that somebody Perhaps, else is coming? considering there's a wall full of names. Yeah, but we, we don't see who this doll is for. We see the doll itself. So it, I get what you're saying. Does it, it know who's going to eventually come? Yeah. Is this person in sight view? We don't know. Yeah, exactly. So it leaves it leaves it up into interpretation. What 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 is this you know thing that's taking it you know, and what is this thing you know uh, symbolize you know? Because again, it's it's new life you know. Like she's she's transitioning from one to another you know, and like it's a completely different ambiance, and a com- she's living a completely different life now that she's in you know in the in the store. You know, like, what is this, like, what is, What exactly did this mean for somebody or to someone, you know? And, and for me, um, th- this kind of horror is the kind that I fear the most. B- body type horror. Like, um, for bedfellows, that's, that's an outside presence that's out to get you. Yeah. It doesn't change you. It can kill you, but it's, it's a completely different kind of horror. Me, I, I've always been afraid of this kind where you, where, where you are changed. Changed in such a way that you have no control over it. And yeah. you have to suffer the consequences. Again, it's that fight, and flight, fight or flight moment, you know, where you don't know the outcome of your life at that instance. This is going to be life-altering, you know? Well, yeah. to me, it seemed like, at least to me anyways, my fear was, was is isolation. Like being isolated from the whole world. Well, that's the worst part. The death is one thing, but to be actually alive while you're in this like state of uh, of like isolation where you have no choice but to be in that state completely alive and conscious, not being able to move or do anything. That's the thing that gets me. Not being able to talk, to move, to do not anything. Not being able to go, go back and see your friends or family. Yeah. Um, and just being stuck there forever. I mean, the only friends I guess you can consider them would be the other dolls but you can't even interact with them they're just as scared and panicked as you are now uh how familiar are you guys with the uh, nightmare on elm street movies uh i am uh fairly much so i'm just very hazy on it because it's not one of the series that i did grow up on i grew up more on friday the 13th 
That's just me, though. I gotcha. But it, all, to be fair, all those movies kind of blend together, except for like the first one, first and second one, mm-hmm. maybe. But there was this scene, and I don't even remember which movie, where this girl falls asleep, of course, and she ends up in like this insect trap, the uh, insect glue trap, and she ends up turning into a cockroach, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember seeing that, and that it's again that body horror where you have no control over what's happening. That kind of thing, I think, is the worst kind of horror for me. Like mm-hmm. human centipede type. Yeah. I like. I'll watch. I'll watch the hell out of Saw. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they're particularly good movies, <laughs> but I'll watch the hell out of them. I'll watch um, Freddy. Not Freddy. Friday the Thirteenth. I'll watch Halloween. Yeah. Fucking love them. Yeah. But once someone is altered in such a way that it. It, their life is over. Yeah. And they have to live through that. Yeah. That's the word. That's where I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's a very scary thought, you know, and I, like I said, it's like, what, what is this thing? You know, it's, it, and it's up to, it's up to interpretation, you know, like I have my interpretation of it, you know, like I pretty much said how I feel about it, you know, because it's a, it painted a particular image for me, you know, so Go out and watch it. That's that's something that'll, you know, make you guys really honestly think and, you know, really think about what's really going on in this person's life. Yeah, I highly recommend this. It has a very Pixar feel to it because a uh, ex-Pixar employee actually animated it. No way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, that explains that. So it has that very nice rounded feel. Oh yeah, it looks adorable. That's the saddest part. It looks adorable, and then you see what happens, and you're like, oh. It's a very cute animation. Yeah. Very adorable, but very Don't not not me. scary. Creepy. Freaky. Kinda sad. So David, what's your next one? I actually forgot. No, I remembered. I remembered. I actually forgot. <laughs> no, no, no. So David, what's your next one? So the next one I have is a film that I saw a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started wanting to get into to film, to not just acting because I was acting back then, but film itself. Yeah, yeah. And I've all I've always loved animation. This one has very scary stop motion animation. It's called The Cat with Hands. Oh right, right. Don't okay. You know what? That one I creeped me out. I I'm like, I really really like that one. I just don't remember when I actually first watched it. <laughs> I watched it a long time ago. I just I couldn't place it. No, that's. Fair. It, it came out a long time ago, and I can't remember when. I just remember like being so creeped out, wondering what the hell I'm watching. I'm like, why does this? Yeah, because it's it's weird. Hands. And the kid like even looked creepy oh, himself okay. before to, he was even absorbed. To set the scene, because we're going to be displaying images of what's going on, but to get the full story is this old er British man comes to a well with a younger gentleman and he's telling this story about this boy who met this cat that had human hands and the uh, both the actors are live action but the story is all done in this claymation. creepy claymation stop motion very yeah creepy. um and so he tells the story about this cat that had hands that ends up stealing this little boy's face and eating the little boy 
And then he's talking about how this went on for years and years and this cat has just been collecting more and more body parts to add to itself. And then he's talking about the last body part that this creature needs. And all of a sudden the gentleman that he brought with him bites out the older man's tongue, starts speaking in his voice, and ends up eating the older man. Yeah. No, he says tongue, right? Yeah, he's like, oh. the, the, the last body part that that blasted beast needed was, he bites out the tongue, and in his voice he says, tongue. And yeah. And then eats him, and then starts singing a song that the older gentleman had started the film with. It's, it's very interesting in its delivery, because it starts off in, you know, it's, it's just a regular short film, and then it goes into this very, very eerie, very uncomfortable, like unnatural kind of like claymation you know like the movements are just so unnatural and like the things that this cat is doing is it are very very like they're very creepy and very unsettling uncanny it, 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 it eats a fucking crow to begin with you know yeah, it snatches a crow out of midair with its horrible human hands and eats it up yeah and, and it just it makes you think you know where what is this thing because we never get a full explanation as to what it is and he kind of tells it like it's an urban legend. Like yeah, it's yeah, a, it's the, the, a cryptid. Yeah, the old the older gentleman uh, describes it as a, as an urban legend, and then the turns out it's true. Yeah, it turns out it's true, and, and it's to be it's the new guy. He's trying to. <laughs> it, it's so it's so weird because you know where did this thing come from? What is this thing? Why is it in the well? You know, like what 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 draws this creature to the well? And most importantly. Where the fuck did the hands come from? Yeah, we never get an explanation about how it got these that was hands. First, probably from its first victim. Yeah, but like again, yeah, what is it though? Like what? That's crazy, you know? Like what I think it, it seems like it ate a cat first, and then he ate a person's hands. Yeah, and because it's like it noticed how useful being a human could be. Because so it started eating more humans instead. Because there's no way that thing was just a cat. Yeah, because there, there's a good possibility that before he got the human hands. He found a cat, whatever yeah, yeah. it is. It found a cat, and it, it took the cat. And then yeah. found either... Found, and it found a human, and they're like, humans. these hands are posable thumbs. How useful. I could use these. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's very... That 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 short film is really unsettling, and, like, it, it has this... Mouth, the giant mouth it had. It has a nice little ambiance to it, too, when it's in, like, uh, filming... Um, of real people, you it know? Was very, mm-hmm. It was very... It felt very theatrical. Yeah, yeah. Like something out of the... Oh yeah, def- yeah, definitely. And like it was set in like the woods, and like before you even start, there's this vignette. It looks like a, like an old school vignette, old, of- old school uh, silent film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, title card. Yeah, and it was. I was like, wow, that looks so cool. And then it goes into the film, and it does a nice thing. It, it, again, I agree with Gus. It's very, very like theatrical because like there was fog, you know, like cue the fog machine, you yeah. know, and like. Like, li- yeah, like the way they spoke their dialogue felt very theatrical as well. Yeah, it, like it, you were you were it, watching a play being played out. It was very fairy tale to mm-hmm. me, very much like you would yeah. read this out of a Grimm's fairy tale book. Yeah, it's a it's obvious. It was like it, I wouldn't be surprised if this was like a a tall tale, you know, because it's like it's it's again the way that it's it's like explained and the way the story is told is like it's very very much so an urban legend, you know. Yeah, very much. Don't go to this well, or else you meet the cat with hands. Exactly, and he'll and he'll take one of your body parts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it turns out he's the cat, and he's like, "Well, it just so happens I need a tongue." So 
Yeah. So I, enough enough talking. I need your tongue. <laughs> I, I, if, I, if I remember correctly, the kid doesn't talk, huh? No, the kid all. never utters a word. He's yeah. basically listening listening to a story about himself, and he's like, "Well, okay. he's like, wow, my my reputation proceeds." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking asshole. He's just kind of like, "Please tell me more about myself." So as he gets closer, he's like, "All right, well, that's enough. <laughs> I need your tongue." <laughs> but the, the weirdest thing is, is he's telling this story to this gentleman, and it's. It seems like they both came to the well together. Not separately, but together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this weird familiarity between the two of them that I think just helps the story along. Because you get the feeling that this older man knows this younger gentleman. Yeah, yeah. You don't don't suspect it at all. And you, you get the feeling that he's known him for quite some time. Yeah, oh yeah. Which, it's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that, so I, I I would recommend that one too. It's a lot shorter. It's about four and a half minutes. Yeah, it's if a lot that. shorter. But it gets the point across. It, yeah, it gets the point across oh, really, the really anime, well. The claymation, oh, hella creepy. Yeah, it just very it just, unsettling. Like, it just ooh. it just reminds me of a of a tall tale or a campfire especially the, tale. Especially the boy's face, the way he moves and shit, all robotic like. Just yeah. gives you the creeps. So it, very well done. Wonderful colors, wonderful sounds to it. Wonderful story. I would highly recommend it. Go see this. All right. So now we got to mine. Johnny. Um. Okay. So the first one I want to do is um. I want to do because this one would take less to explain and it wouldn't take as long, but it still has substance to it. Um. So th- this is again another background. I'm um, just a little background story. Um, so I was at home one day and, um, I was, this is back, this is a bit of a while ago. I was writing, I was writing my own set of, uh, short, uh, short horror stories and I was trying to find some inspiration. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Twilight Zone because it, it was, you know, horror without jump scares, you know, it, 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 people genuinely, you know, feared this, you know? And it's it was it was so cool because like and, and it's so cool to look back at that because now you know now we have all the you know jump scare horror you know oh that, yeah like, the, yeah that it reminds me that every time I watch a, a horror movie nowadays they rely too much on jump scares nothing but jump scares yeah and and They're just like it's like a board. It's like they have a meeting where they have a board. It's like, when will we put the jump scare in? A certain moment every single fucking time, the whole it, it, time. It, it, it's like what you were saying in the first podcast with the, the violinist. In yeah, the, the spastic violinist. Oh, shit. It, it's, it's like he sneezed <laughs> in the middle of like trying to play. I know he's like, shit. Gosh, well, I guess we're going to have to add a scary moment there. And that's <laughs> the thing about horror movies. You don't have to always rely on scary, like... Boo, did I scare you moments? Because you can have a horror movie without it. Here's the thing. I want to I wanna bring this up right now. Right, at, I'll, I'll go back to the topic uh, at hand, but I want to bring this up a little bit because this this also adds on to the whole, you know, thing about this horror film, this short horror film that I really, really loved. But um, I don't like a lot of uh, horror films that rely, you know, primarily on jump scares, you know, like doing I, I like jump scares if you do them right and I'll give you an example of a, of a good one and this this is an honorable mention you know I felt like it was it, I, I feel like it's a little bit too too popular now especially given that it garnered an actual movie that came oh. out last year uh, Lights Out 
is a really, really good... It's another really, really good short horror film. It's quick, it's to the point, and it's jump scare. It, it's not an in-your-face jump scare. Yeah. I think that's what makes it work. It's a perfect setup. Yeah, it, it's genuine in, in, its, in, its, in its way that it scares you. It, it isn't just... Violin, loud noises, you know, like there's none of that, you know. Well, you there hear, is, you there hear, is a violin. You, hold on, you hear subtle, like yeah, like, like yeah, you hear subtle, like music in the background, but it's not booming. It doesn't it, hit you with yeah, the noise. It's not that big in your face, like, uh, like uh, just. Well, it's not. It, it's not what I call, what I think of as the Jack in the Box effect, where it's just quick and in your face, and that's the whole reason why it exists. Pretty much, it's that. Um, you're not left with the feeling of like, oh, you yeah. left the feeling with, oh shit, she's stuck in this room with this creature now. Yeah, and that's where the fear it, comes it's, from. It's it's a scary thing. And then like, like um yeah, when I watched uh, Lights Out too, that was another one where like I I jumped out of bed and I was like, I nope 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 no. Nope. Okay, do you mean Bedfellows? No no I like no this is another one. Um, that made me jump uh, jump out of bed like oh, okay, bedfellows. Okay. Yeah, like bedfellows. Yeah, like okay. bedfellows. Sorry, you said lights out again, and I got confused. Yeah, no, yeah, I said again, kind of like okay. bedfellows, but um, yeah, no, but I I really love short horror films or like just films that like don't rely too heavily on um that kind of jump scare. You know, like I love the Twilight Zone because of the because of its way to present its. You know, morbid reality that we're living in. It has you know? it has that weight to it. Yeah, it like um, one of my favorite episodes is to serve man. You know, <laughs> because you're oh, living and, and you have you have to understand that you're that they're living in this reality now. Like this is a thing that you just have to accept because this is a twilight zone. This is where we live now. And, you know, and you're left knowing the fate of. The main character, and yeah, exactly. Or sometimes you don't know what happens to the rest of the characters. You know, like there's a particular episode that's completely looked over that a lot of people don't really watch that I love. It's one of my favorite episodes because of its delivery and its moral dilemma. It's uh, two. Two is an episode of the Twilight Zone where uh, there's two people left on Earth, a man and a woman, but oh, they're but they're from two completely much. different sides. They're like they're uh, an American and a Russian. Yeah, an American and a Russian, you know, and like there's a strong dilemma going on, you know, and and then at the end of it, we're left unknown as to how they're gonna fare in their in their in their new life, you know. The Twilight Zone did that a lot, you know, like another one, The Hitchhiker, you know, where the where the I feel like it was one of the first uh, one of those first uh, I see dead people moments, you know, oh, in, yeah, in yeah, horror yeah. history, you know, where you're like, oh shit, people are dead. What do I do? You know, you're living in this reality now. And this is exactly what this short film is about. The short film is called Exit. It's about reality itself and the reality that we're living in now. This film isn't straight to your face horror film. This isn't a slasher horror film. This is more of a psychological thriller type thing that kind of attacks you mentally, you know? And it, it's, um, I'm gonna start with the ambiance. Fan fucking tastic. You know, because it starts off the whole story. Pretty much, the premise of it is there's these people off on holiday, um, and uh, there's this um, wedding that just happened, and they're uh, they're celebrating this wedding and Christmas uh, at the, same, at the time. same time. And uh, the best man of the uh, of the the uh, groom that got married, which is now husband, 
uh, the husband that got married, uh, the best man is pretty much hosting the, the the party, you know, and he's the one that's like front and center, you know, talking the uh, majority of the time. And uh, what ends up happening is is this guy he he has a lot of malice towards uh, the 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 husband's wife because he feels threatened by her, you know, her presence. You know, he feels like her presence is gonna, you know, taint what's going on in their lives, their relationship, you know, and their relationship, yeah. Like so, what he can say, he has to filter himself. More hoes, less bros. But basic, but basically, what? Yeah, that's his mentality. Yeah. And basically, what happens is he ends up being really, really like, it's very, very awkward, you know, at first because the things that are being said He's and you, you don't it. like the guy. You don't. You absolutely hate the the best man. He's he's a fucking asshole. You know, being selfish. Yeah, he's incredibly selfish and being really inconsiderate. And what ends up happening is he uh, he he causes a moment of like awkward silence. You know, and he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta uh, break the silence." Um, hey, you. Um, he points out the the gentleman across the room, and this gentleman actually, uh, a lot of people would recognize him. He's actually more of a fam- He's a more famous actor. Uh, his name is Julian Glover. Uh, he played a character in Game of Thrones. He also voiced Aragog in uh, Harry Potter and the and the Chamber of Secrets. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, no, this guy's the 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 guy does a f- he is one of the biggest highlights of the short film. Uh, Julian Glover is his name. He oh my god, the guy nails the atmosphere. He, he knows the director knew what he was doing with this actor, and he nailed it. It's fantastic. So what ends up happening is the, the 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 best man calls this guy out. He's like Julian Glover's character. He's like, hey, so you've just been sitting there, you know, you haven't really been saying anything. Like, what do you have to contribute to this party, you know? Because uh, our uncle over here pulled a fucking um, right uh, right out of a hat, you know. What do you, what do you have to you know contribute to this? And he's like, well, I don't, I'm not trying to pull a rabbit out of a hat. It's more like putting one back in. You feel me? And and what what happens then is. The man starts talking about the the ability of being able to make people disappear, you know, from existence like they never even happen. They get sponged out of reality, and then from that moment on, it becomes a, a a mind game, you know. And it's it's a very intricate puzzle because everything that's being said, everything that's being done in the scene, all the atmosphere, the ambiance of what's going on, you know, it's very it's everything is leading up to something, you know. It's it's a puzzle. You have to decipher a lot of what's going on. The first opening shot is of an outside house, and then we jump to a shot of a moth trying to escape the house. You know? Watched by the the groomsmen, correct? Yeah, the groomsmen is watching the moth trying to escape this house. You know? And it's, again, everything that's going on is going on with reason. Everything's Mm -hmm. happening for a reason. The whole time you're straight. It's pretty cool because you... It puts you in that position of like who's gonna be disappeared. Yeah, be? yeah, because then yeah, as soon as you get like, to could the it be the asshole? I want it to be the asshole. But yeah. plot twist, it ends up well, did you wanna I, I was gonna get to that. Yeah. Um, but um yeah, no, it, what, what what Gus was saying, it becomes a very, very um titling titillating mind game where it's, it it brings in the question. Yeah, the anticipation who, who, of who's it gonna be. Yeah, exactly. And it does it does that so well. It, it it's it builds his anticipation so well. It doesn't just take away by like adding music or throwing too much in all, all at once it it takes its pacing nice and slowly you know it's that nice turning of the knife you know 
it's like you, you stuck it in now you're turning it you know slowly because it's it's building a sensation you know and it's 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 it does that so well and it it, it and then when you get to the end when you get to the payout you know it, it becomes a question of why did this particular person you know disappear over everybody else that was in the room you know and it, it, it's like why what what's going on you know did somebody know who was going to disappear or is this random or chance was this random chance you know like was there a lot of was there some sort of like plan that happened prior to the beginning of the story and like here's the thing this this story itself this short film was actually adapted from uh from a book really yeah. and um it, yeah it just it, it it makes you question you know and like Again, when that person leaves, you're just stuck with why, why them? And then you, you see know? the scenario, like it's basically the conversation was restarted from from the beginning. Basically, what would happen? What it gave a scenario of what would happen if the bride wasn't there, if it was all just a party full of them. Yeah, and it ended up strangely enough, it ended up becoming less awkward because whatever he said about him was. Uh, Everyone could was just laughing along with them because the bride wasn't there to like make it all awkward because they were just about to get married. Yeah, because they're not the bride isn't there to like about to be about married. Um, him talking about the times when he was chase, chasing skirts. Well, that's yeah. that's, so what's, speak, that's what's was less awkward than it was if she was there. That's what's so beautiful about this not. film, though, is because. The, not only was she completely wiped from existence as if she never existed in the first place, but we get to kind of see this small aftermath of that happening. For the groomsman, it's a great thing. He's got his bud back. He's got his friend back. For the groom, he lost this person he just married. And the terrible thing is, is that he nobody doesn't. He, he doesn't know that it yeah, happened. No, nobody recognizes it. It never. It's like it never. She never existed in the first place. Like they never it, were going to get and married. And it, it, it brings a question of morality and your reality is to like, you know, like what what's okay? Why why did this happen? You know, what, this person is a contributing factor in someone's life, and why couldn't it's someone just to someone else? Yeah, like it's it's it becomes you know like. A question of who's gonna exit, who sh who should be walking out that door. And you know? I think the saddest thing about the entire thing of it, how easy it was. Yeah. To just completely get rid of this person, body, soul, even memory, everything. Memory. Yeah. Like it never even happened, you know. Like they never existed in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're sponged from history, pretty and, much. And we get this this really neatly shot scene of. Her finally disappearing, and it doesn't. It doesn't seem pleasant. No, not she's at all. She's struggling. She's she's horrified. She can feel this happening. And, and and here's what I love the most about it: the words that are being said when he, when the man is chanting what he's saying. You know, like it's it's very important that you listen to what's being said and what you know what he what he's talking about the whole time he's talking because each phrase each word with each word something is happening in the room and it's it's bringing forth you know that like suspense you know it's like you you start to question things and when he finally asks who are you who were you you get this slight chill down your spine like oh my god because it's it hits you 
Oh, and when he was describing what what, what would happen before, yeah, he disappear. Yeah, yeah it, it, it gives you that sense of like you're uh, like um, I'm pretty certain there are a few people that have watched this and like genuinely started believing that their throat was. Was yeah, felt like a tickle, as if the moth was coming off, as he was describing. It. Yeah, because it, he, it, he it, does a good job of describing it. It gives that placebo effect, like because some people actually can fall for that. Like the the power of suggestion is can be really strong. Oh yeah, and and, and that's so, yeah, well going back to what you were saying. That's um, what makes it more creepier too. Going back to what you were saying, Johnny, the um, the who were you? Yeah, watching that entire thing, I got the feeling that he would remember. Yeah, the older gentleman. The, it, it, for me only, I don't know about you guys, but I got the feeling that at least he, it was him doing it, or so I thought. Yeah, we never get a clear explanation. At least in the film, I haven't read the story that mm-hmm. this is based off of, but I got the feeling that he would remember. But then he goes, "Who were you?" Yeah, and at, like maybe two seconds after that happens. The conversation continues, lighthearted. Yeah, like it never happened. Yeah, and, and, and again, once that phrase comes in, who were you? You know, you get hit. You get hit in the stomach with like this, again, uh, this very, very Twilight Zone-esque feel. This is your reality now. This is the reality we live in where someone can get completely extinguished from existence and people move on. Life moves on. You know, and it's that it's that fear of being forgotten, you know, and being, you know, like isolated and being completely forgotten and thrown out by the rest of, you know, society and everyone what's around it, you. It, you know, it's funny. Um, slight diversion. Wasn't that Joker's um, fear? Like when he got hit by Scarecrow's gas? Yeah. His fear was being forgotten. Well, well yeah. Because um, that's his biggest goal is to, like, be remembered as the Joker. So, like... Nothing seemed to really hit him with the gas except for the fact that you no, know, everyone forgot him. Well, I mean, oh, that hit him the most. I, that I mean, actually if, hit him. If you if you play uh, Arkham Knight, that's what they play on the whole game. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if you've played Arkham Knight, um, I love that game for its story and what it was doing with the story. Because it, yeah, the Joker was trying to come back and um, control Bruce Wayne's body the whole game, and you see bits and pieces of the Joker all over the fucking place. And when, I forgot about that. And, and when you get to, like, towards the end where Batman and Joker finally confront each other and they fight for the first time in the whole game, you get to you get to see Batman, you get to see Bruce mentally fuck with the Joker and start playing on his fears. Like, there's there's an article on the fucking table um, that the Joker's... He walks into a room and there's an article on the table that says, um, I think it was the Riddler and Harley Quinn to expect child... You what? Know? So like that is funny. It, it's it's <laughs> fucked up because the Joker doesn't want to be forgotten. Yeah, it's like, no, that was me. Yeah, you know, but but I think that I think that's one of humanity's greatest fears is being forgotten. Because look at everything we do to not be forgotten. Oh yeah, definitely. We got people like Attila the Hun. We got the Egyptians who tried to become gods after death. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. I think everything that we do in life is to not be forgotten. Exactly. It, it's kind of it's leaving memories, you know, behind with purpose. But that's a topic in discussion for another time. Yeah, like my um sorry, b- no, go ahead. before we switch on to the next one, which I like your next pick, but 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a simple ghost story. Oh, no. No, not at all. It's not a, a horror film as you would think it. It's very existential. Yeah, it's, it's very existential. existential. It's very playing on one of humanity's deepest fears, not the individual fears. Yeah, and, and that's what I feel like the Twilight Zone tackled a lot, which is why when I watched this, it was so reminiscent to me of a Twilight Zone episode, you know? Because... One of my favorite, one of my top five favorite episodes of the Twilight Zone is the monsters are due on Maple Street, <laughs> you know, because it's it, it's a question of society's morality and where where we are in life, you know, and it's so crazy that you go back and you look at that episode and they're questioning themselves then, you know, and like th- it shows you the problems that they had then, and it's so scary that sometimes those problems aren't so different, you know, from now. today, yeah, yeah, from today's problems, but yeah, no. Exit, I highly recommend it if you like really love psychological type things, man. It's it's a really, 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 really good show. Exit by do you remember what the director's name was? Um uh Daniel Zimbler. Okay, so Exit by Daniel Zimbler. You you can find it on YouTube? Yeah, you can find it on YouTube or uh or they have it on Vimeo too. Vimeo, okay. Yeah, yeah you can find I believe all of ours that we've mentioned so on YouTube, far on yeah. YouTube. Okay, so this last one I pick for a specific reason. This is something that that, that like really sticks with um, with me, you know, that's really, really important because, again, we're all movie buffs, you know? I'm a massive movie buff, so movies movies important, you know? And I'm also a writer and director as well. So I, I, I remember the, 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 the first time I ever uh, heard this name. The first time I ever heard the name of this movie... Um, um, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is this about? You know, like, it's really weird. Fucking most obscure name you could ever choose for a short horror film. Uh, Geometria. It's Geometria. It's, it's uh, geometry in Spanish. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know who it was, but I had heard it before when I was looking up a bunch of, like, short horror films that were done with by, by famous people, you know? And I had no idea who this film was by, but I saw the title and I was like intrigued because again, I love horrors. I love horror films. And what kind of name is that for a horror film? Yeah, like Geometria, like Geometry, like a, a horror film. I was like, what the this fuck? Gotta be good. So I was like, okay. I was like, the horrors of Geometry. I, I completely. I was like, I, I was like me though in my heart because fucking hate math. But um, <laughs> basically. Um, I went in, I didn't know what to expect, but I, I watched it and pretty much what the whole premise of this one was about was there was this kid. And and here's the thing, before you go in, before you go in and, and uh, watch this one, this one came out in 1987. So this film has a bit of a campy kind of like weird kind of like 80s early like late 70s kind of feel to it it's very very 80s camp and it's from mexico too so it gets that yeah yeah it's it's a mexican it's it's all in spanish it's a it's a mexican spanish uh short horror film very creepy music and and very eerie the 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 horror music that was played for it was was a synth it was a synth it was was calliope music which is amazing pretty much and it but like yeah no it has this very like late 70s early 80s type of feel to it it kind of and in so many ways when i watched it um if you don't know what this movie is um suspiria uh look it up because fucking fucking a one of the best hor- a uh horror 
foreign horror movie films ever. Suspiria is amazing. Um, it's one of the first films that really played with the whole color filter thing. And color is so important in that film. But you get this strong Suspiria um, feel from uh, Geometria. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. You know, and like it, it felt so weird and it felt so campy. And the whole story revolves around uh, this kid who's at home with his mother. Um, and he brings forth uh, a quiz to her and he failed geometry again, apparently, for the third time, according to her and her words. She starts talking about how like she's disappointed in him. His father would have been disappointed in him, and his father wouldn't have. She's glad that his father isn't here to see this anymore. Jesus. But um, yeah, it 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 hurt him, you know. And like he walks he walks over to the corner of the room, and it's so funny because like again, this is another this is another one of those films where like you need to pay attention to everything that's going on because the atmosphere is absolutely important, you know. The mom is watching television, and the first words. That come out of the television when the mom says, I'm so glad your father wasn't here to see this because your father's dead and he doesn't have to deal with this geometry bullshit. And the the first words that come out of the television are, you know, the first steps to a better home is uh, understanding and communication. <laughs> and I was like, fucking A. Where was that before she gave that lecture? And, and it's so funny because literally seconds after those those words are said understanding and communication the son looks over at his mom and he's like mom and his mom's like shh shut up I'm watching TV it's beautiful because she's sitting there like uh, almost like a far side cartoon very caricaturish very over the top just this um, it it reminded me of the movie Matilda yeah 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 with uh, whatever the Danny DeVito Danny DeVito's family was named but yeah, no, it's so funny because you see the hypocrisy of what's going on. You know, like she, she, the the television's like, hey, do you ever feel like you just don't belong? Well, this is what you can do to fix it. And the kid's trying to fix it, and he's like, yeah, that mom, did you hear that? That that's that's what we should totally do. And the mom's like, shush, that's not important. I'm watching television. You know, it showed <laughs> it showed the mindlessness of you know TV and what can uh, TV can do to you. You know. And then that also comes on, that comes into play later on. Uh, but what ends up happening is the kid goes in, he goes into the, um, he goes into his room and he uh, pulls out this book that's kind of like akin to like, um, kind of like a satanic Bible, like a, necro- a, a chant book, uh, and, and necro- the Necronomicon. Necronomicon. Yeah, Necronomicon. You know, and he like, he makes a, a pentagram and he decides to uh, conjure up a demon. You know, and like meanwhile, his mom's out in um in the living room watching television, and it's it's so weird because again, if you like, if you look as to like everything that's going on, you know, like there's so much uh, playing in in you know playing to the to the story, you know, because then after it's so obscure that they decided to talk about this, but like the mom decides to change the channel after the whole communication and understanding thing, and it goes into a. A scientist talking they're asking the scientist hey how can we cure you know like a, you know this particular kind of like disease that's going on you know and he's like right now honestly we have no answer you know so it kind of it makes you think you know like is that how the father died you know like is that a possibility that was the outcome of the father you know like it it, it give it decides to give you the story without 
you know, giving you the story. It doesn't fully explain it. That's actually really interesting. Uh, today was the first time that I ever saw this film, and from what I could see of it, it was really good. It was really funny, but you're drawing out all these little insights that I missed the first time. I'm definitely going to have to go back oh, and yeah. watch yeah. it. Yeah, this is, again, this is another one you have to go back and rewatch again. You know, again, like I, 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 this is just me. You know, like I'm very, very observant when I watch movies because I love film. Film is absolutely important to me. You know, I love knowing what makes things the way they are. The it, it's it's so funny because they begin to talk about that. They're like, they talk about uh, death going on around the city. You know, and how this is disease going on and death. You know, and then after that, it goes into the kid uh, conjuring up a demon, which I. I love I because it's the funny excuse to be conjuring up a demon because he failed geometry. I failed geometry. Summon a demon. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully they can help me. And and then um, the first words out of the demon's mouth, the moment he, the demon is conjured up. Oh man, your closet's too small, bro. <laughs> bro, your closet's too I do small. That. I, I, he comes out and he's like. Closets, your closets too small. He's like, you poor bastard. Can't you fucking afford a bigger closet? Which I love. I love because um, this, with the colors and just the various special effects that went on in this, it gave me a very Evil Dead vibe. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Where it was just okay. There was times where it was serious, but there's other times where you, where you were just sitting there going, "What the <laughs> fuck, man." Yeah, it had that that Bruce Campbell campiness to it. Very much so. Uh, But uh, what ends up happening is the mom walks in eventually to find her son uh, conjuring up a demon. And then the first thing that the kid wishes for is his dad to come back to life. Uh, very, very, and then what happens is something akin very, very much to, uh, I don't know if a lot of you guys have read it or heard about this story, uh, The Monkey's Paw, uh, where there's a monkey's paw and um, the the family decides to wish... um, their son back to life and it's very very much so like it's terrifying because the person comes back in their state as they are at that very moment in the grave in the grave yeah and what ends up happening then is the the father comes back to life but he comes back as a mindless zombie again touching back to the original you know thought of you know the mom being mindless and not caring and not putting effort you know then the father it shows the father being mindless he be, the father's a mindless zombie you know he gave into that disease and he died so he's mindless as well you know and again it's just these little things that are going on at the same time you know like you're getting a story a full story a fuller story without knowing the whole story you know and then eventually what happens is the mother dies uh, because the dad decides to fucking eat the mom eat her uh trachea or her jugular jugular oh that was brutal and and then um yeah also be aware that this one is kind of a little bit graphic it's not too graphic but it has moments if it's that 80s campy graphic where it's it's not even friday the 13th bad it's more like freddy it's evil dead bad yeah so yeah no it, it has all that going for it you know and like I was just like, wow, I was throwing a bag. And honest, and here's the thing. Here's something that I, I, I will not spoil because, honestly, it's one of the best parts of the whole short film. There is a massive punchline at the end of the film that I will refuse to discuss 
because I want you guys to go watch it. No, I do, I will agree with you. Go watch this there's, for the ending. There's a strong punchline. Something happens at the end to the sun that's absolutely phenomenal. Honestly, the first time I watched it, when I got to that part, I had to pause it because I was fucking dying. I was laughing so goddamn hard. I'll admit, it took me a second to for the, <laughs> for, the for the entirety of the joke to hit me because I was like, Huh. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> okay, okay, that's really funny. But, um, yeah, no, go watch this. And and now we go into the facts because this is where I got really, 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 really thrown aback. Because, again, I, I walked in and I didn't know who this was by, you know. And, I and again, film is really important to me. Horror films are very important to me, you know. And I love knowing why things work the way that they do. And after I found out who this was by, I had a very strong feel-good moment because it, it shows you you know where we this come person from. come from yeah. you know like it, we we all come from very very like different you know Walks backgrounds and we have you know like we all we all we it shows you know we all start from the bottom you know and it, it's really neat to see the start of someone who's actually pretty big nowadays yeah and he's a fucking legend in his own right it's guillermo del toro he was in film school when this when when he decided to make this he made this yeah Here's 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 everything that film school. here's what here's everything that you need to know about this film that's really important going in that I know about. Um, first of all, th- this was shot in Mexico. Second, he sh- he filmed this film in a matter of two days. Did he really? In a matter of two days, they filmed this. If you, yeah, there's an interview that where he talks about this film in particular, and um, he. He starts talking about how long it took them, where he got the music from, everything. He he does the best uh, explaining that he better explaining than I'll ever fucking do. But if you look up Geometria, uh, the the interview will come up too, um, and I recommend you watch it because it, it shows where we're coming from, you know, and it shows you know how everyone has to start somewhere, basically, you know. But more. basically, what happened was. He had a budget of like a thousand, a thousand to almost two thousand dollars, basically. Damn. And he, they decided to take a, a day trip over to. I think it was an office that he said that they, that they had, and they they took everything out of that office. They repainted the walls. They brought in furniture to make it look like a house, and um, and it took them like about two days to film the whole thing. And it took him like about, I think like about a good couple of days, so probably about a week to finish editing the whole thing. And then, <laughs> and then, and they, 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 I remember that he said that the reason why they were trying to rush it and finish it is because there was a short film festival that was going on and he wanted to throw it into the, to that. He wanted to make the, 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 the deadline basically. And it, they showed his short film against another short film that apparently had more weight to it. So he felt kind of like, uh. Fuck! I don't think mine's gonna do that great, you know. <laughs> but he's so modest about it when he talks about it because he's like, ah, he's like, it's not the greatest thing on the planet, you know. But I mean, to again, you know, like this is me talking about, you know, the 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 way your work affects the people around you, you know. Like you never know who you're gonna affect and how you're gonna affect them, you know. Because watching that film kind of motivated me to like put in more work into like what I'm doing, you know, and like not be afraid to throw stuff out because you know we all start from somewhere you know like we all start from somewhere and we all some of us you know, don't even somewhere. have a budget yeah some of us don't even have a budget you know we all start from <laughs> you know we start from we start from nothing you know and you know it, it's it's so interesting to see Guillermo del Toro's you know 
line of work, you know, from directorial debut of sorts. Yeah, his his directorial debut of sorts, you know, like it, it, this 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 wasn't even, you know, his his own, you know, story, you know. This was actually a uh, this is another uh film that was re- it was adapted from from a book. It was another film that was adapted from a book. From a, a short story, right? Uh, from a uh, it was adapted from a short science fiction novel by uh, Frederick Brown. It was a short story, uh, naturally I think it was called, and it was published in a in, in a novel uh, called uh, Beyond uh, Fantasy Fiction. And he goes in and he talks about it, and yeah, I know it just it's so interesting to see something you know like like that you know something you know where it, it's so you start from humble beginnings you know but. Yeah, no, it's 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 a really good film. I highly recommend it. More of the story is, listen to your family and don't summon a demon to learn geometry. Oh, also on top of that, this is this is another little fact that I thought you should you guys should know that's really important. The mother in the in the in the in the story is actually Guillermo del Toro's mom. No, really? I yeah. had no idea. Okay, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Holy he, shit, he, that's he, hilarious. He used his own mother to film that. That is funny. But that's yeah, cute. if you like camp, if you like. Silly horror, go watch it. If it's, you love Guillermo del Toro, go watch it. It's awesome. We like really creepy classical eighties the horror music. Then yeah, go watch that's it. The short film for you. But um, yeah, no, and I also recommend watching the the documentary or the little short interview they had with him talking about the film. It's actually really really nice to to hear him talk about that film. He's really humble about it, honestly. He's a big humble guy. But um, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. This was another session of Media Speakeasy, but this was uh, Media Speakeasy After Hours. After Hours. After Hours. So, yeah, go ahead and watch this in the dark at night because we're going to be throwing stuff at you. (laughs) Uh, This isn't the last one we we will be throwing out because, again, horror is a massive thing for us. We will definitely be coming back to it. But uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to what we had to say. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, uh, comment, 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 comment. We love to hear from you guys. Thank you so Maybe much again. Um, thank you very, very much. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.